Welcome to 30 Minutes Towards Victory. Hi, I'm Greg Marcus. I'm the pastor of Imperial Valley Christian Center. This is the TV ministry, the TV program of Imperial Valley Christian Center. We call it 30 Minutes Towards Victory because our purpose with this program is to build you up. It's to encourage you. It's to lift you up. It's to give you hope. Give hope to the hopeless, like they like to say. We want to encourage you. We want to give you hope that your tomorrow is going to be better than your today, that your tomorrow is going to turn out good because God wants you to have a good life. God wants you to have a good life. And we believe that if you'll keep listening to these programs, if you'll come and be a part of Imperial Valley Christian Center, that you'll begin to experience the victory in life that God wants. You and your family will begin to experience the victory in life that God wants you to have. That's what we're all about at Imperial Valley Christian Center. That's what this TV program is all about. Anyway, right now we're on the subject of prosperity. We've been talking about it for several weeks, and, and I've been trying to show you that the Bible teaches that God wants you to be rich, that God wants you to prosper. He wants you to be abundantly supplied. The Bible teaches. I, I understand that your, your, your denomination doesn't teach that. I understand that you know your theological seminary doesn't teach that. I understand that's not part of your official denominational doctrine, but the Bible teaches that God wants you to be rich. Hallelujah. But now we're on to the second part of the subject is, well, okay, Greg, how, how does the money come? Yeah. So the Bible teaches that God wants us to be rich, but how does the money come? How does the money come? And that's what we started talking about this week. That's what we're going to talk about this week. Last week, we started talking about it. That's what we're going to talk about this week as well. Okay, so we began talking about how does the money come, and I was explaining to you that I'd studied the subject of prosperity. You know, I grew up with a religious background, like most Christians, you know, and I heard somebody teaching about prosperity, and the first thing I thought was, well, I don't know if that's, that's right. I don't know if that's okay, you know. Uh, the church I grew up in, and they kind of left you with the impression that, you know, God was against material things. He didn't like material things, or at the very least, he didn't think they were very important. Can you see that? Well, I don't know about God is the way I thought about it, but I need material things. You know, unfortunately, when I go to the grocery store, they want money. Amazingly enough, you know, when I go to Staples to buy office supplies, you know, I, I try and tell them, but I, I'm a pastor of a church. We're doing God's work here. And they say to me, well, then give us some of God's money. <laughs> No, I'm just teasing. They don't say that. But, but my point is this. You know, I go to Staples. They want money for their office supplies. Can you see that? We need money down here. And so I heard this teaching on prosperity, but I, I rejected it. You know, I, and, and I explained to you that I determined that I was going to study it for myself. And so for about 10 or 12 years, I, every time I'd open up the Bible, I had this question in my mind. I had this question. Does the Bible teach? Does the Bible teach that God wants us to be rich? Does the Bible teach that God wants us to be prosperous? Or does the Bible teach that He doesn't care? Or does the Bible teach that He wants us to be poor? Hallelujah. So I'm studying the Bible, and after studying it, like I said last week, for about 10 or 12 years, I became absolutely convinced, as I am to this day, that the Bible teaches without question, unequivocally, no question about it, from Genesis to Revelations, the Bible teaches that God wants us to be rich. He wants us to be prosperous. He wants us to be abundantly supplied. He wants you to be rich. 
that's what the Bible teaches. And that's what I've been trying to show you from the Bible as well. I've been trying to show you that those promises that God made, that he would make us rich. You know, one of them, everybody knows, the Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. The Lord, that, that word want means lack. The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not lack. The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not lack. When the Lord is your shepherd, you ain't supposed to be lacking because he's a good shepherd. He'll take care of you. He'll see to it that you don't lack. The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not lack. Anyway, so I'm convinced, I'm convinced that, that God wants us to be rich, that the Bible teaches that God has promised to make us rich. And yet I go to God and I said to him, but how does the money come? How does the money come? I'm asking God, how does the money? God, I don't understand. Yes, I see in the Bible that Jesus became poor so that we through his poverty might be rich, God. I can see that Jesus became a curse so that that blessing of Abraham could come on us through Jesus. I can see that. I can see in the Bible that you want us to be, that you have promised to give us power to get wealth. But how does the money come? And one day I heard in my heart, down here in my spirit, man, I heard, these, I heard this from God. He said this. He said, the money comes the same way everything comes from me, and that is by faith. The money comes by faith. And that's what I've been trying to show you. That's what we started talking about last week. How does the money come? It comes by faith. Look here in Galatians chapter 3. We read about the blessing of Abraham and we saw that the blessing of Abraham made Abraham rich. God had promised. God had swore an oath. God had entered into a covenant with Abraham. And part of that covenant was the promise that he would make Abraham rich. And we saw in the Bible, in Genesis chapter 24, we saw that Abraham became rich. We saw that Isaac, his son, became rich. We saw that Jacob, his grandson, became rich. And the scripture we've been focusing on for all these months is Deuteronomy 8.18. We saw that when the children of Israel were entering into the land that God promised them, that Moses said to them that God was the one who was going to cause them to become rich. He would give them power to become rich, to, to satisfy, to fulfill, to complete uh, the covenant that he had made with their pro fathers, the promise that he swore to their fathers, Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. Hallelujah. Well, how did they get the money? How did they get the money? How do we get the money? How does the money come? And I showed you here in, in Galatians chapter 3, verse 9. So then they which be of faith are blessed with faithful Abraham. So then they which be of faith are blessed with faithful Abraham. We're going to receive the money the same way Abraham got the money. He got it by faith. We're going to be made rich the same way that Isaac was made rich. How did Isaac become rich? By faith. We're going to become rich the same way that Jacob became rich. How did Jacob become rich? By faith. Everything we receive from God, we receive it by faith. So that's what God said. I said to God, God, how does the money come? Okay, clearly the Bible teaches. You want us to, pro how does the money? He said to me, it comes the same way everything comes from me. It comes by faith. The money comes by faith. The money comes by, well, when he said that to me, I knew what he was talking about. Most Christians have no idea what faith is. Faith. Yeah, I, I heard that word. We're of the Baptist faith. We're of the Catholic faith. <laughs> no, that's not what it means. Hallelujah. 
Hallelujah. Most Christians have no idea what faith is. They wouldn't recognize faith if it came walking into their house wearing a two-piece bathing suit. <laughs> Carrying a sign that said, I'm faith. They would still not recognize it. They have no idea. Most Christians have no idea what faith is. But when God said to me, he said to me, uh, you receive it the same way that you receive everything from me by faith. That's how the money comes, by faith. I knew instantly what he was talking about. So I explained to you last week that everything I'd received, I'd used my faith to receive many things from God. I was born again by faith. I explained to you last week. I received the infilling, the empowerment of the Holy Spirit, the endowment of power from on high by the Holy Spirit by faith with the evidence of speaking in other tongues. I received that by faith. I prayed in the Holy Spirit by faith. I explained to you last week, hallelujah. I'd also heard teaching that the Bible teaches that God wants us to be healed, that God wants us well. Well, you know, fortunately for me, unfortunately for me, the church I grew up in, they were kind of against material things. Hallelujah. But fortunately for me, the church I grew up in, they still believed in miracles. They still believed that God healed. They believed in miracles and healing. So I didn't have any trouble believing that God would heal. When I heard some the preacher preaching and he'd say, you know, the Bible teaches that God wants you to be healed. I said, well, yeah, of course it does. There it is. The Bible says God wants you to be healed. Sure enough, the Bible teaches God wants you to be healed. And so I had been healed by faith any number of times. So for example... Uh, one time, as an example, I like to use that. One time when I was still in college, and uh, in those days, you know, I'd play basketball every afternoon. And uh, one day I came home to the place where I lived, and my wrist was hurting me. And I had had this condition in my wrist uh, where it would swell up and it would become stiff. I, I don't know exactly what it is. It was one of those things that it would come and go. You know, maybe it would come for a couple weeks and it would go for several months. Then it would come back for a couple weeks. And, you know, when, when it was here, I, I could barely move my hand like this. I couldn't straighten it out. You know, it would be extremely painful to go like this and like this, it would be very painful. If I put my hand like this, you could kind of see there was kind of a, a swollenness or a lump here on this part of the wrist. Well, that particular day, you know, uh, I came home, my wrist was hurting me, you know, like that, I couldn't move it. And I said, you know, I'm going to pray for God to heal me. What am I talking about? How does the money come? How does the money come? It comes by faith. That's what God told me. What I want you to see is I knew what he meant. I knew what faith meant. I knew how to, I'd use my faith to be born again. I'd use my faith to be whole, filled with the Holy Spirit. I'd use my faith to be healed. And I want to show you what, how faith works. I want to show you how to receive the finances by faith. So now listen up. So uh, my wrist was hurting me. I said, I'm going to pray for God to heal me. I'm going to pray for, you know, I've been putting up with this since I was a teenager. I'm going to pray for God to heal me. And so I said, God, in the name of Jesus, I ask that you heal me of this problem with my wrist. And, you know, I looked at my wrist and it looked the same. It felt the same. Nothing had changed. But I'm learning to walk by faith. I go to a Word of Faith church, just like Imperial Valley Christian Center. They're teaching us to walk by faith, not by sight. So immediately when I said, well... I know that Jesus said in Mark chapter 11, verse 24, Jesus said, if I want to receive my healing, I have to believe that I received it when I prayed. I have to believe that when I prayed, I got my healing. 
Jesus said in Mark chapter 11, verse 24, he said, what things soever you desire when you pray, believe that you receive them and you shall have them. What things soever you desire when you pray, believe that you receive them. And so I, I've desired healing for my wrist. I just asked God for healing for my wrist. So now, according to Jesus, if I want to receive him, I want to get my healing. I got to believe that I have it, that it's mine, that I'm healed. I got to believe I'm healed while I'm still sick. I got to believe my wrist is healed, even though it's still in pain. Hallelujah. So I know that. I'm just learning to walk by faith. I don't know as much. I didn't know as much then as I know now. But what, so I, I knew I gotta, I gotta believe that my wrist is healed, even though it doesn't look healed. I got, if I want to receive according to Jesus, I gotta believe my wrist is healed, while it's still in pain. So I, I thought this. I said, well, if I was healed, if I, if I was healed, if I really believed I was healed, what would I be doing right now? If I really believed I was healed, what would I be doing right now? And the thought came to me, well, I'd, I'd be playing basketball. Because that was the time of day I'd play basketball. And I thought, oh, no way. There's no way I can play basketball on my wrist. This is, I'm right-handed. I'm going to shoot. I can't, even, I can't even move my wrist. How am I going to shoot? How am I going to dribble the ball? How am I going to do anything? My wrist is in pain. And then I thought, well, I guess I'm, I'm going to have to believe God. You know, If I believed I was healed, I'd be playing basketball. So I remember I took the basketball. I remember I even put it under my left arm as I'm walking along because I couldn't hold it in this hand. And so I'm walking along, and I walked to the place where I played basketball. It was two or three blocks away, maybe four or five blocks away from where I live. And the next thing I remember is I'm playing basketball. You know, I mean, I kind of started thinking about other things, forgot about my wrist, going on about my business. But the next conscious thought I had was I'm sitting there playing basketball. I'm dribbling the ball. I'm shooting the basket. And suddenly I realized my wrist is healed. It's healed. It's well. It's whole. I am healed. I am whole in Jesus' name. I am healed and whole in Jesus' name. I am healed. It was gone, and it's never come back since, and that was, you know, over 20 years ago. Hallelujah. Maybe more than 25 years ago now. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. My wrist was healed. What am I talking about? How does the money come? How does the money come? God told me, God told me, he said, the money comes the same way everything comes from me. It comes by faith. The money comes by faith. And so that's what I want to talk to you about, how to walk by faith. I want to talk to you about how to walk by faith. And the first thing I want to show you is what is faith? What is faith? So let's turn over to Hebrews chapter 11. Hebrews chapter 11 and verse 1. And it says this in the King James Bible. It says this. Now faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. Now faith is the substance of things hoped for. It is the evidence of things not seen. Now many of the translations, if you read any of the modern translations, they'll translate that differently. And I would say they're more interpreting it than translating it. Because most of the translators are reading that scripture, now faith is, and they think it's talking about a definition of faith when in fact it's describing how faith acts, what faith does. It's not really giving us a definition per se of faith. 
So the modern Bibles will translate it something like this. Now faith is being confident of what we hope for, convinced of what we do not see. Well, that's true. Faith is being confident of what we hope for, convinced of what we do not see. But that ain't what that scripture is talking about. That scripture is talking about faith is the substance of things hoped for. Faith is substantial. Faith is substantial. It's perceptible. It's touchable. Faith is. Faith is the substance of things hoped for. It is the evidence of things not seen. I remember when I was studying on the subject of faith, and I just—I remember I was just started the practice of law, and I began meditating on this scripture at home one day. And I was meditating. I wanted to know what faith was. What is faith? You know, I'd heard some people say, "Well, faith is acting on the word of God." Faith is acting on the word of God, and that sounded good to me. And then I'd heard other people say, well, no, faith cometh by hearing. Faith cometh by, and these were people who liked each other. They weren't even contradicting. They were just saying different things. One was saying, faith is acting on the word. The other one would say, faith cometh by hearing. Faith cometh by hearing. Faith cometh by hearing. Faith, faith is acting on the word. And so I want to figure out what faith is. So I began studying this. And one day I'm meditating on this scripture. Now faith is the substance of things hoped for. The evidence of things not seen. So I'm driving to work. Now faith is the substance of things hoped for. The, I'm trying, what is faith? What it, now faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. Now faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. I'm meditating on it, you know, and I'm, I'm, I'm going to work. I get there to the office, you know, and, and you know how sometimes you get a song stuck in your head and you can't get, that's what happened to me with that scripture. All day long, that scripture was going over and over in my head. I'm eating my lunch. That scripture is going over. Now faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. Now faith on the way home. Now faith is the substance of things. All day long, now faith is the substance of things. It almost had a life of its own. Now faith, now I remember I was walking through the bedroom, our tiny little apartment we had when we were first married. I'm walking through the bedroom towards the air conditioner, one of those little window units. I'm walking towards there and find that scripture has been going through my head all day and finally I turned to God and I said, God, either tell me what it means or leave me alone. And when I said that, the Holy Spirit spoke to me and he said this. He said this, who is faith the evidence to? Or to whom is faith the evidence? Who is faith? It says here, faith is the evidence of things not seen. To whom is faith the evidence? Hallelujah. And as soon as I heard that, I instantly knew what this scripture was talking about. Instantly. I understood. You know, I mean, maybe evidence made more sense to me because I was practicing law. And that's something we talk about and think about all the time. Evidence. I need some evidence. (laughs) We're going to win this case. Boy, we need some evidence. You know what I'm saying? And so what I saw was that what he's talking about there, what... uh, The Bible is telling us here in Hebrews chapter 11, verse 1, is that faith gives substance to what we hope for. Real faith gives substance to what we hope for. It produces evidence of things that we cannot see. Hallelujah. So when you're really operating in faith, you will give something. When you really got the word of God in your heart, when you really have faith in the word of God, you will be giving substance to it. 
When you really got the word of God is alive in your heart and you really have faith, you will be producing evidence of things not seen. Now, let me, let me give you some examples of that. But before I do, I need to explain to you the word hope. And this is a subject I talk about all the time. People are tired of hearing about it. In fact, I talk about it so much. But I want to make sure you understand what the word in the Bible word for hope means. Most of the time in modern English, when we use the word hope, we mean something like, boy, wouldn't it be great? Wouldn't it be wonderful? You know, you ask somebody, they went to a job interview, and you say to them, did you get the job? And they say, well, I hope so. What does that mean? Well, they don't know, but they'd really like it to be so. You know, you, you, you call somebody and you say, did you get the raise? Well, I don't know, but I sure hope so. You go, are you going to win the lottery? I don't know, but I sure hope so. So we use modern hope to refer to something we wish were true. But in the Bible, hope does not mean that at all. Hope doesn't, hope in the Bible, the way the Bible uses the word hope, it means something we know is going to happen. It means something we're sure is going to happen. It means something we're expecting to happen. So I like to refer to it as payday hope. You know, you expect to get paid at the end of the month. Or you expect to be, get paid at the end of the week. Hallelujah. You're not wishing, you know, if somebody came to you and says, are, are you going to get paid at the end of the month? Most people, if you're at a job long enough, you're at a person with, you know, has money to pay you. Uh, the, oh, yeah. Yeah. When do you get paid? Well, I hope I get paid at the end of the month. What would that mean? They weren't sure about it. You call somebody and say, are you going to get paid at the end of the month? Well, I sure hope so. Hallelujah. But most people, most people are expecting to get paid at the end of the month. They're so expecting to get paid, they've already spent next month's money this month. They're so sure they're going to get paid at the end of the month, they already spent that money from, from the negative. They already spent it this month. They got plans for that money. They're thinking about, oh man, when payday gets here, I'm going to, I'm going to go buy this, I'm going to go buy that, I, gotta, I, I need some of this, I'm going to get the car fixed. You know, I'm going to get the oil chair, I'm going to buy myself some new. As soon as payday comes, I'm getting myself some new tires. That's Bible hope. You're expecting to get paid. Hallelujah. So here, when the Bible says now faith is the substance of things hoped for, that's what it means. Faith is the substance of what we expect to happen. Faith is the substance of what we expect to happen. Faith is the substance, and, and that's true of all Christian faith. So, for example, you say to a Christian, uh, what's going to happen to you when you die? I'm talking about a real deal Christian, not just one of these church-going Christians. You know, I'm talking about someone who has a relationship with God, someone who's been born. I don't care what church you belong to, but you've been born again. You have a relationship with God. Hallelujah. You ask that Christian, what's going to happen to you when you die? What's going to happen to you? Well, I'm going to heaven. I'm going to heaven when I die. Well, wait a second. That, that, as old as you are, that probably won't happen for 30 or 40 years. How do you know where you're going? To, where you're going? Well, yeah, the Bible tells me I'm going to heaven. So what, what's going to happen to you when you die? I'm going to heaven. Can you see they're given substance to their hope, the hope of going to heaven when they die. They're giving by talking about it. Can you see that? Another hope that we Christians are supposed to have is the hope of the soon return of Jesus. Hallelujah. 
we expect, we Christians expect that Jesus is coming back. Well, you know, if you really expected that to be true, you'd give substance. If you really believed it, you really believed that Jesus was coming back, you wouldn't be doing all that funky stuff you're doing. If you really believed in your heart that Jesus was coming back, you would give substance to that hope, that expectation by changing your life. You know, that's how you can tell most Christians, they don't believe nothing. If you really believe that someday you would stand before the throne of Jesus and give an account of your body, you'd have to explain what you had done in this life. Hallelujah. If you really, if you really had that hope in your heart, you would give substance to it by getting your act straight. Can you see what I mean? In other words, Jesus called you up on the phone. He said, I'm, I'm coming to your house next Friday. Hallelujah. You'd have to get rid of all those porno porno magazines, you know what I mean? You'd get rid of that liquor that you had in the cabinet, you know, you know what I'm saying? You'd tell all your kids, okay kids, we gotta stop cursing, you know, we gotta stop cursing this way, Jesus is coming Friday, we want everything to be nice for you. You would give substance to that. And the reason that most Christians don't, uh, their lives don't change, they don't give substance to the promises of the Bible, is because they don't have faith for those things. That they're not real to them. See, when you got faith, it's a real to you. Can you see that? So now faith is the substance of things hoped for. It acts. Faith gives substance to what we expect to happen. Faith is the evidence of things not seen. Hallelujah. Well, what's not seen? For example, most Christians, if you're a real deal Christian, you believe that Jesus Christ is risen from the dead. So you might say, so you believe Jesus? Oh, yeah, Jesus is risen. How do you know Jesus is risen from the dead? Did you see him? Well, no, I never saw him risen from the dead. But I know in here, in my heart, I know he's risen from the dead. See, you're given evidence of things not seen. Can you see that? Faith is the substance of things so forth. The evidence of things not seen. So all Christians who believe that Jesus is risen from the dead, and when they say Jesus is risen from the dead, they're giving, producing evidence of that which is not seen. That's faith. Me... When I prayed to be healed of my wrist, prayed for my wrist, nothing is different. The healing is not seen. I can't see my healing. I can't feel the healing. But going to play basketball with a wrist that doesn't work is producing evidence of things not seen. What was it that was not seen? The healing. What was the evidence of things my acting like I am healed. Hallelujah. Now, I said all that to say this. I'm meditating on that scripture, Hebrews chapter 11, 1, and here's what I learned. I want to teach you what faith is, and faith has two parts to it. Faith, this is the important thing. Faith has two parts to it. It has an inside part. It has a knowing. It has a revelation and then it has an outside part. It has action. Can you see that? Faith is the evidence of things not seen. The not seen things, I see them down here on the inside. And I produce evidence of them out here on the outside. Faith is the substance, the tangibility, that which is perceptible of the things hoped for, of what I expect to happen. On the inside, I expect 
Jesus to return. On the inside, I expect the prayer to be answered. On the inside, I expect the bill to be paid off. On the inside, I expect the money to come. Faith gives substance to it. Faith acts like it's so. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Faith has two parts. I want to talk to you about how the money comes. Unfortunately, I'm out of time, but I'm not finished. I'll see you later. Bye-bye.